great slab of Philly soul there from Archie Bell and the Drills from 1976, and everybody have a good time. And live on the line from Houston, Texas, the man himself, Archie Bell. Archie, welcome to Radio Newark. Welcome to England. It's a pleasure to be here. Fantastic. You made some great music, yeah. some uh, some standards across in the UK throughout the 70s, and um, well, and 60s as well. Uh, how did it all begin for you? You started singing professionally at a young age, didn't you? Yes, I started about 13, 14 years old in junior high school working with a local band. Yeah. And my high, my high school at the time I was going was Cashmere Garden. Right. And it was under the under the direction of Comrade Johnson. He was he was a band uh, band director at Cashmere. Okay. And uh, it's, it's, I started working with the band out of out of the uh, stage band, and it was called the American Sixty One then. Right. Sixty one. Every every year it would change to a new name or number. You know. Okay. And uh, I got a chance to work with Comrade Johnson's son, Bubba Johnson. He played bass in a band and got a by the name of Gary Cooper played guitar. Right. And uh, Timothy McRae saxophone, Charles Hill the trumpet. We had a real nice band. You know. Lovely. Um. So how did you uh, come to land with the name Archie Bell and the Drells? I mean, what what is the Drells? Where did where did that word come from? Well, at the time we were, we were in high school at uh, E.O. Smith Junior High School, mm-hmm. a guy a guy in the group by the name of L.C. Watson. He right. loved the Dells. So what what what, what he did it was just when well, Archie Bell and the Drills. Then it was just the, the Drills. Yeah. He took the uh, he took the added an R to the Dells name and called himself Drills. You know. Right. And everything, and that's that's why he got that. He was in love with the Dells and everything. And yeah. One of the guys in the group, uh, uh, you know, tagged that name, and uh, we did a show and everything, but that's how it got to be. It wasn't all you built on the drill at first, it was just, it was just a drill. Yeah. I was I was in England once, and the kid asked me, Mr. Bell, what's a drill? I said, a drill is the ultimate entertainment gentleman. <laughs> and he said, well, I thought they were, he said, I thought they were little um, green men from Mars. Oh, right. Charming. <laughs> Uh, so um, you were, and, uh, you were still... we, we we used to perform in a lot of talent shows, you know, right. around the every around the city, out of the high schools and wherever the event would be. And what happened is we would win most of the time, first first place, you know. That's and yeah, it was a local dish, a local dish out here by the name of Skip Lee and Skip Lee Frazier. He was on KCUH radio station, right? And he saw that we, he saw that we had some talent, and you know, he kind of took took up with and became my manager, you know. Right. As, I mean, uh, as well as working on a radio station, KCOH, Skipper Lee Fraser also owned a record label, didn't he? Right. Oved. Oved mm. label. Oved. Yeah. And, Great little label. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and he signed right. you. Your debut release on Oved was this beauty called "She's My Woman, She's My Girl." Most people talk about their many lovers And the things that derive from their many troubles But I just talk about my baby I love her and I know you maybe She's my woman She's my woman She's my girl 
everybody I meet says I'm lucky to have a little girl that's sweet as you. But words can't express the way I love her, and I do. Girls are pretty, but I say, man, you ought to see my. She's so sweet, and I love her. I'm gonna place no one above her. She's my woman. She's my girl. She's my woman. Yeah, he, um, Ovid was his son's middle name, James Ovid Frazier. Oh, right, didn't know that. So he, so he, so he used his son's middle name for the label. Yeah. Great stuff. Well, uh, so you signed uh, with Ovid, and um, in 1967 you recorded a number of songs, including She's My Woman and, of course, the legendary Tighten Up. Uh, tell me about that. Well, uh, we just we just in the studio recording, and we was doing a... Uh, She's my woman. Some songs that I had wrote. She's my woman. She's my girl. And mm-hmm. a song called "Mama Didn't Treat Me That Way." And we was in the studio working, and <clears throat> I had this, this idea. You know, uh, we did a show in San Antonio, Texas. Okay. And I heard I heard a dish. I can say that never, nothing ever good came from Texas because of John Kennedy's assassination. Yes, yes, I remember. So, so that's why I, got, I first got the. Uh, the first idea to do Tighten Up, and the band that recorded the music on Tighten Up was uh, TSU Tornados. Like, right. Like, like the car, you know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, they, used, they used to use Tighten Up like for a break song, and when I heard it, and you know, when I heard the song, I said, it'd be a good idea. We were in San Antonio working, I heard a DJ said nothing good came from Texas, so I wanted the people to know that something did come from Texas, which is Archerville and Missouri. Right, yeah. Yeah, am I right in thinking yeah, the TS the TSU Tornados were the house band for Ovid label? Were yeah, they- it was like the it, it was on the label. They was called the TSU Tornados. And yeah, which Archibald and the Drills. They yeah. had a group called the Masters of Soul. Mm-hmm. You know the Americans. You know, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Skip Lee had about four or five acts on his lay on Ovid label. Right, right. So they, 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 we were all a part of the same label. And to say you set out to prove that something good does come out of Texas, I mean, tighten up, it sold 200,000 copies in just two days in New York alone. I mean, wow. Right. It's an iconic 60s track. Everything will be out of sight. Come on and tighten it up. Tighten it up now. 
What a great yeah, record. That was really great and everything, but when I when I heard that DJ said nothing good come from Texas, I was I was I got a letter from Uncle Sam, but I think it was around August. Yes, yes, I you know called it up. Christmas Day greetings. So when I when I I was really depressed that they were going to draft me in the army. You know, yeah, I was I, I was almost suicidal. Oh dear, well, <laughs> I can imagine, but it all worked out in the end. Archie Bell and the drills there with a thousand wonders. So, Archie, you were saying you got drafted into the army. But uh, where did, where did they send? Were they shipping you off to Vietnam? No, yeah, I went in. I, I didn't go to Vietnam. I went to Germany. All oh, right. Everybody, uh, a guy that interviewed me, uh, my whole company went to Vietnam, and me and another guy went to Germany. And the guy who was taking up the uh, interview thought that I said, "Oh, we all went to Vietnam." Yeah. I went. I went to Kaiserslautern, Germany, uh-huh. in the in the military and everything. And uh, uh, I got uh, the reason, another reason too. I got in an accident on the Autobahn and broke my left leg. Oh right. And and then I was in the hospital when Skip Lee called me in warm in warm Germany. When Skip Lee called me and told me to tighten up and went gold. You know? Yeah, yeah, it was great. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, so right. uh, ha- ha- the the band was reaching this. Um, this great success at a time when you were in the army, but um, the uh, your commanding officer gave you some time off, didn't he? Right. And after I had my accident, they made me the assistant to the assistant mirror clerk. <laughs> <laughs> so I, you know, I had a little time. I tried to get in the USSO, but they told me they wasn't taking anybody right. else. You know. And uh, what about two weeks after that, uh, Gary Lewis' son came in. They put him in. He was a white boy. And yeah. yeah. After that, uh, crazy Guggenheim on Jack Lee, his son came and they put him, him in. So I went to the company command and protested. Right. And told them that, that they wouldn't treat me right. He said, don't worry about it, Bill. He said, we'll take care of just I had a little band over in uh, Germany, and the, mil- the guys in the military. And yeah. They was called they was called the Soul Sales. We called ourselves the Soul Sales. Okay. And uh, and we worked in a club in, in a Kaiserslautern called Johnny's Killer. Right. Underground and everything, but... I got a chance to put the band together and worked uh, all the NCOs and enlisted men club all over Germany. You know, I went to Baumhole, uh, my, 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 uh, all, all the Heidelberg. I went to all of the military base and worked at the offices and enlisted men club there in Germany. Lovely, lovely. Um, it wasn't long after that you had a chance meeting with um, Kenny Gamble and Leon Hoff. Well, that, that that happened before I went. Uh, after I had gone into the service. Oh right. And everything. After I had got into the service, and we were on Atlantic label. Yeah. And we was we were working at a place called Longside, New Jersey, at a, a club called Loretta's Hi Hat, mm-hmm. which uh, Will and McDougall was the manager at the time. And after the first show we did there, Kenny Gamma and Leon Huff came in the dressing room and. Say, hey, man, we like to produce something. I I didn't know who Cameron Huff really was, yeah. you know. And I called my manager and talked to him about it, and he seemed excited. Then he called Atlantic Records, and Atlantic Records seemed excited about it. Yeah. And that's when we, we got a chance to uh, do what the first song was, I Can't Stop Dancing with mm-hmm. Kenny Gamble, Leon Huff. Nice record. Let's have a listen.
after we did, I can't stop dancing. We did, I can't stop dancing. Uh, that was going to be a showdown, a song called Girl, You Too Young that I wrote, me and uh, right. Tom, Tom Bell and Leon Huff. But uh, if you notice, I Can't Stop Dancing and Tighten Up really has the same, uh, the same, you know, rhythm and chords yeah. and everything. But the only difference between I Can't Stop Dancing and Tighten Up, Tighten Up was a jam, like yeah. a party record. And yeah. I Can't Stop Dancing had three verses. Uh-huh. You know, I Can't Stop Dancing and uh, Tighten Up didn't have verses. But no. They did, they did like a great job on, you know, doing the first. And I, I think that was the biggest thing that. We had for the first song was a big song that we did with Gamble and Huff, and after that, Showdown came along. Another great track in your repertoire was this track that you wrote yourself called Girl, You're Too Young. And there's your debut release on Atlantic. You had several releases with Atlantic Records, and then you left and went to Glades. How did that come about? Yeah, yeah, we um, we uh, Atlantic dropped us, and you know they they wanted to drop us in on the label Atlantic. Well, I think that was a general thing, wasn't it? Because Atlantic started focusing more on rock and psychedelia, didn't they, than soul music? Yeah, you know, and everything. They was doing totally different things, so they just dropped us, and Mm. we went out. We went down to most shows in Alabama. And uh, recorded and produced with a guy by the name of Prince Philip Mitchell. Oh yeah. Uh, Dave Crawford, Dave Crawford out of Jacksonville, and a guy named Brad Superior. I think Brad was out of New Jersey. Right. And uh, they went and we did. Uh, I think we did about uh, enough for an album there, and we didn't have a label to go to because uh, Atlantic had dropped it. So we went down to Hollywood, Florida, that was Henry Stone and them, Steve Lamo and KC. Okay. And uh, I was in the studio. We were with them about maybe a year and a half. We was in the studio working, and they never did uh, come up with any song. When I got there, they supposed to have these songs ready. But when we got there and found out that they didn't have anything ready, so we just used the stuff that we did down in most shows in Alabama. Uh-huh. And I think we did four songs off, off from most of shows in Alabama on, uh, on the Glaze label. Lovely. And that didn't work out. I told my manager, my road manager, this is not going to work. So by that time, Feeling the National was starting back up. Yeah. They started Feeling the National. Yeah. So I, I called Kenny up and, you know, told him what the situation was. I said, we'd like to try to get on here, ladies. He said, come on back. So we came on back. And the only, only people that uh, Kenny Gamble, well, before they had Feeling the National, was a group called the Ambassadors, uh, uh, cowboys, the girls, guys, yeah. intruders, and a, a group called the Delphonic. They did a lot of stuff with the Bell, uh-huh. Delphonic and Star Lister, Tom Bell. Right. So, so we uh we got got back with Phil International, and after that it was like it was on. You know, we had absolutely. I mean, they hooked great, you. Up, they, yeah. hooked, they hooked you up with a songwriter called Bunny Sigler. I mean, Bunny's uh, done some yeah, great stuff. Old, old people. Yeah. yeah. And of course, but, um, your first composition with Bunny was "I Could Dance All Night." What a track. Oh yeah, it was really great too. I mean, the dance all night and let's let's groove. Uh, yeah, uh, let's groove was done by Mac Fadden and Whitehead. Oh right, yeah, great. I mean, and, you uh, beca- one, one one day we were in the studio recording and uh, Mac Fadden, uh, Gene Mac and John Whitehead. I said, you need to do a nice, you need to do a nice ballad on you. And 
we when they wouldn't told Kenny, say, Arch ain't no battle, man. Arch is a dance, man. I said, man, you crazy. I, I started off in a Baptist church, and we did about three or four yeah. ballads and everything. And uh, they realized that I you know, I was versatile. You know, I could do anything, ballads, or pop, disco, or whatever. Absolutely. You became one, I, yeah. one of the mm-hmm. signature acts on the label, didn't you? One of the main acts on uh, Philadelphia International. I mean, what was the culture? Yeah. What was the culture difference between Philly and between Atlantic? Did you find Atlantic was more structured and Philadelphia was more creative? Because you definitely blossomed there, didn't you? Well, Atlantic was, you know, more structured. And when I was on Atlantic late, when I was in the army, I flew back from Germany three times right. to record. I, I flew to leave on Germany on a Friday. Go to New York and record, and back to Germany on Monday. I had to be back in the Germany on the forever call on the Monday. Right. Monday, I did that two or three times. Goodness me! Because I, I was 24 then. You know, I, I thought it was fun. You know, I had never <laughs> been out of the continent, the United States, but yeah. I was having a ball. But uh, after a while, you know, stuff take tolls on it. You know, it was, yes. You know, I, I really didn't get get about maybe like five hours of sleep on those Absolutely. whole trips. Yeah, that's I right. sleep going back and forth I was on the plane, you know. Yeah, I mean, what's the initial? It sounds all very attractive, doesn't it, and jet-setting, but uh, it's a tiring, lonely life when you're uh, flying yeah, from country to country. Especially when... Especially when you're not 35 anymore. <laughs> <laughs> great. Well, I mean, um, at Atlantic, uh, sorry, at Philadelphia, as you say, you've got some great songwriting teams, McFadden and Whitehead and Bunny Sigler, Dexter Wenzel as well, and you produce some great yeah. music. Everybody have a good time, yeah. let's groove, don't let love get you down. Beautiful. Right. And we can't forget this anthem, the Soul City Walk. <laughs> Lovely. So, yeah, all um, that stuff. Yeah, I think that's some of the best stuff I've ever done. Yeah, you know? yeah. I always say that I got I got my doctor's degree from Philly International mm. Music because what we were doing out in Houston was uh, like high, I was high school and college. Yeah. But when I got up to Philadelphia and saw how those guys work, and it was really amazing. It really pumped me up, made me you know do a lot better. Great, great. I mean, they're still regular plays in the UK, so that uh, just shows that your music stands the test of time. Um, in 1980, right. you went solo, signed for Beckett Records. Tell me about uh-huh. that. Well, uh, after after my stint out with Fulfilling uh, International, well, they fooled around and dropped us, you know, let us go right. and everything, but I don't, I don't believe they were really promoting us like they should here in the okay. United States. I found out for, uh, from a lot of disc jockeys throughout the South and everything that said... When the material came in fulfilled and played it, was, it would put emphasis on it and everything else and kind of leave what you're building drills on the side. And, mm-hmm. uh, I found, let, found out later on they was really using me for a tax write-off. You know, they, oh, they weren't wow. really planning on doing anything big for us. But uh, like I said, you know, it's just all business. I, I run into a guy by the name of Dave Morris out of Philadelphia. And okay. I thought it would be time for me, it'd be time for me to do a... Or, or the solo, solo album. album. Mm-hmm. Lovely. The solo album came in 1981 and was called I Never Had It So Good. One of my favourites off that LP is Harder and Harder. Let's give that a spin.
whilst you went solo, it wasn't a fallout, it wasn't a divorce from the drills, because you carried on performing with them, didn't you, for the next 20 years? Right. Yeah, right. Yeah, we did, we did many, I did many things, you know. Yeah. We kept working, but I just wanted to, you know, see what I could do. And Absolutely, yeah. They were kind of, they, they were kind of running out of gas. Most of them still had, you know, children in high school mm -hmm. and stuff, and... And uh, that's what we really didn't separate. It just it went to another direction. Yeah, great. For, for many years, they have been trying to get me to go solo, but I've always been a a team player. My mother had seven boys. I'm second second of seven sons. Okay. My mother. So I always loved the group, and uh, I got a, uh, had a young brother, younger brother that played pro football, Ricky Bell. He played right. with USC. Played with USC and went to Tampa Bay for his uh, for the first year. You know, I think he was one of the highest paid rookies in the day, but I always liked the group concept, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And everything. Um, I wanted to get up and I wanted to get up and boogie around a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, you're held in such high esteem in Houston that um, in 2013, the, uh, the mayor honoured yourself uh, by proclaiming it Archie Bell and the Drells Day, April the 16th. Right. That's wow, right. I mean that's that's quite an accolade, isn't it? That's got to be, that's got to be uh, right. top of the game. And uh, they uh, they have a sign in the, the, the area we grew up in, not too far from my high school. I went to Phyllis right. Wheatley. It's called. Uh, they had Archibald and Israel, home home of Archibald and Israel. Uh, historical Fifth Ward, home of Archibald and Israel. The big sign placard right there on Interstate Ten Highway. Wow. Brilliant! So that, that was that was really that was really great too. And, of course, you know, by, by, by proclaiming Archie Bell on the drill today, you know, yeah. we always look for that. You know, we wouldn't expect it, but it was really great to receive that honor. You must be so proud and deservedly so. Yeah. So, um, yes, I am. I'm, what are you doing now? Are you still performing? Are you still recording? Yeah, I'm doing both of them. I'm doing recording and and. Uh, you know, recording and entertain. I was in Austin, Texas this weekend at what they call the South by Southwest. Okay. It's a big tech movie technology show. The first week is all technical and the thing. You can check it out on the internet and see what they're doing. And the uh -huh. second week is most for bands. So I played at a club there in, uh, in uh, an Austin called Seaboys. Right. And I usually work there. I, I, I work a lot of places. I got a date coming up in Los Angeles. Right, any Vegas in the next few months, you know, uh -huh. October, I mean, October to January 1st, right on into March. Lovely. Any plans to come to the UK? Yeah, I'll be coming, I'll be coming sometime in June. Oh, right. Whereabouts is that? Yeah. Uh, Stresham, London. S oh, Streatham? Yeah. Yeah. June the 27th and 28th. And June the 29th, I'll be at Mill, R-O-I-T-H-E, Holiday Village. Yep, Millwrythe Holiday Village on uh, on Hayling Island. Yeah. Um, did you say you were still recording? Have you got anything new on the uh, on the horizon? Any right, new CDs? I, did, uh, I just recorded a song with Mickey Gill and Roy Head. Right. Oh, Roy Head. Yeah. The country, country sang with Mickey Gill and Roy Head. Uh huh. It's called. It's called. There's going to be a show showdown again. Right. And most of the songs that I, most of the song that I did was some. Uh, Retoppings, re you know, repeat. Yeah, you know. yeah, covers. And um, I'm working on a beach, what they call beach music. Oh, right, Carolina. Here, here, yeah. here in the south, you know, like Maryland, North Carolina, South Carolina, uh -huh. Georgia. And I'm doing a uh, beach, I got a song out called Beach Vacation. Lovely. And where can people buy this? 
Oh, you can, I think you can get it on iTunes or one of the channels. Or Amazon yeah, or somebody's Amazon. got a shop in. Fantastic. Right, we'll dig that out as mm. well then. Lovely. Right, awesome. and the, the CD is called Beat the Beach Goes On. Right. But the, the number one pick on there is uh, Beach Vacation. Great. We'll dig that out. Archie, thanks so much for giving me this uh, interview, for giving us your time. Look forward to catching up with you in London in June, and uh, I hope you enjoy uh-huh. your stay in the UK. All right. You know, they have a, a new CD. Uh, it's called Let's Groove, the Archie Bell and the Drill Story. All right. It's got 40, It's got 44 songs on it. You can get it from Amazon. I think uh, I think that would, uh, you can check with Amazon. I think it's about $14. You can get it for $15, but... That would give you up on all the... It's all the stuff that we've ever done. There's a lot of stuff on there that was never released. Oh, right. And oh, the public, so, so you get a copy of it, so that would put you up on like the history and everything, you know, stuff that uh, we did with Phil and that's all, all the stuff that we ever recorded. Great, because uh, people in the UK and Europe in particular are really going mad for unreleased 70s music, 60s and 70s music. They didn't actually make the cut. Um, it's flying yeah, out the door. I know I- I've been over there a few times in the last. I thought I first came over there, 2013. Mm-hmm. I think I came in 2015. But uh, I love I love England, all of England. I've been military, you know, going to the places and that thing. And yeah. The people love the music. And I love them. And when you go to one of the show, do a show there, they, the people entertain you just as well. And Blackpool. I went down to Blackpool, yeah. and we were entertained as well as entertainers. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> lovely, lovely. Right, I look forward mm-hmm. to meeting you uh, when you come across the UK. Thank you very much for giving me the interview, and um, all right, best of wish, best look for the future. All right, don't forget to tighten up. <laughs> Will do. Right, I'm going to play out now with a floor filler from my youth. This is here I go again. Good night. Mm-hmm. 